don't know Bishop, but Bishop Steve Perret, he oversees our CWC life network of churches. But he's also, I have to be careful here because I don't know if this is, this is on live stream right now, but I told him in Cutler that Bishop was my BFF. I know that last, on Wednesday, you were introduced to another BFF of mine, uh, Pastor Gary. Uh, but Bishop is my BFF, and I'll just leave it at that. I won't say how I defined it in Cutler because I don't want to get in trouble because then our band of brothers will become the Yaya Sisterhood Club and we'll be all hurt and everything. But Bishop has been uh, an inspiration in my life. As some of you are aware, uh, a couple of years ago, I went through a physical battle, and uh in fact, during that time, I had asked Bishop if he could cover for me, and he said, sure. And then uh, you also sent PK to help out, and there were, he said, if you need my pastoral staff to fill in for you during this time, we're here for you. And we're going to be here till you get through this. And then when he came and he saw me, because I came to the service, and he saw me uh, afterwards. He didn't tell me then. He told me afterwards. He said, you know... I didn't think you were going to make it. You looked really bad. I mean, he was already sending me to Jesus. He was giving me my last rites. No. But I was. I was feeling really bad. But I remember in that service, in spite of what he saw, he declared that my best days weren't behind me. God had greater things he was going to do. In my life. And I told him this morning, that injected me with hope and faith. It made me fight another round. And I want you to know that Pastor Angel is here not just because of the Lord working in my life, but through, also through those that he's put in my life. And Bishop is one of those that has been instrumental in helping me keep on fighting. And Bishop, it's an honor to have you here. I know through the pandemic we have been tested and tried, but through it all I've been able to call you and say, you know what, I need encouragement, and you've encouraged me, and you've lifted me up, and you've helped us steer forward. And that's what you're about. You're about forward. And so this morning... Get ready. We're getting a word from God that I believe is a timely word for the church, not just here, but throughout this nation of America. So welcome with me, Bishop Steve Perea. Come on, Bishop. Come on. Love you, man. Amen. Praise God. Good morning. Woo, so awesome to see the house of God full. My goodness. Look at you all. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful sight. Amen. Um, <clears throat> yeah, Pastor Angel is definitely my BFF. Yeah, my wife knows it. And uh, she says, you know, I always know when you're talking to Pastor Angel. She says, because you're so happy, you laugh all the time. She says, how come you don't act like that when I call you? I said, well, say something funny. I'll laugh. I'll laugh. Come on. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Amen. How's everyone doing today? Yeah. How many love Jesus with all of your heart? Amen with everything, right? Yes. Amen. I do too. God is so good. He's been so faithful to us, right? Through everything that's happened, God has been faithful. And uh, this morning I want to share with you a message that Pastor Angel asked me to share that I spoke at my church in the beginning of this year. And it was, it was um, a message from my heart that I felt I just had to... Uh, you know, sometimes you get messages that you know you're supposed to preach, but then you have those messages where God gives you, and you know it's that moment that you have to share with your church. And that was that moment. And I want to share that moment with you. And uh, the message is called Resilient. 
resilient. You are resilient. We are resilient. Um, <clears throat> our generation has been through something that, should the Lord tarry, will be written in the history books. We're the pandemic generation. We have witnessed the entire world being shut down. No other generation has witnessed that. Think about that a second. Now, who knows when the Lord's going to come? We don't know. He may come tonight. I may go home tonight. We don't know. But should the Lord tarry in 50 years, the Bible colleges, the secular colleges, they're all going to have history books with this moment in time. And they're going to write about the pandemic generation and how the pandemic generation handled it. And I know for myself, when we got the text, I don't know if you remember this, Pastor Angel, but we got the text from the governor, shelter in place. Uh, I was at the church, our worship team was rehearsing, and we got the text, and that was kind of scary. It was like something from a movie, you know, Years of the Beast or Thief in the Night or something. And I went to the worship team in the sanctuary and said, hey guys, we just got notified from the governor, that word is shelter in place, so let's, just, uh, let's shut it down. We ended up shutting the church down, which we thought was for a couple of weeks, and then it began a couple of months. Um, and that was not a good place for me personally because uh, it was so strange, right? Pastor Angel preaching to empty churches by way of camera. And we connected. I thank God for that. I thank God for Facebook Live and that we're able to connect that way. But it wasn't what... I signed up for. I didn't sign up to preach to an empty church. It's not what I wanted to do. So um, I know that for me, I'm called to be, in the sense of the biblical form, I'm called to be an apostle. Your pastor is called to be an apostle. What is an apostle in the fivefold ministry? I like to say he's the thumb of the hand. The thumb of the hand is the leader of the team. He's the visionary. He's the one that can actually touch all the other fingers. And the only one that can touch all the other fingers. He's the general of the team, the general of the ground. He's moving everything forward. And that's how it, I, that's how, that's who I am. Uh, man didn't give me that title. No one gave me that title. God gave me that title. No man gave your pastor that, the title of an apostle. God gave him that title when he was in the womb of his mother. Pastor D is, was the prophetic one, the, the, the pointer finger. Uh, she was given that title in the womb. Uh, by God. See, God is into titles. We think that, oh, sometimes I hear my students say to me, well, I'm not really into titles. Well, you should be because God gives titles, not man. God gives titles. And he gave us the title in the fivefold ministry for those of us who are generals. And you have the pointer, the point, the, the prophet, the second one in the team that points out the things of God, points out the heavier matters of God, kind of the general of the air, if you would. Uh, the apostles are general of the ground. The prophets are general of the air. And then you have the middle finger, which is the tallest of your fingers, and that reaches further, and that is the evangelist. And, and, and so then you have the covenant finger, right? The finger you put a ring on, and, and you make a covenant. Well, that's also the pastoral covenant, the pastoral finger, which makes a covenant with God's people. And then you have the fifth finger, the pinky which in biblical sense is the instructor or the, uh, the teacher finger, and you have the fivefold ministry. I am called, I know, to be the leader of my team. I touch all the offices. I like what I do. I like being the leader. Of, I do um, because I'm called to it. 
And I like getting vision and I like moving the church forward and I like hearing God and I love speaking to your pastor. And what do you think? And what do you think God is doing? I love all those things. Those things stir me. But all of a sudden in 2020. We found ourselves, your pastor and myself, we found ourselves as generals leading vocally on video and also publicly leading and saying to other churches, Open your doors. Open your doors. Get behind your pulpit. Don't keep your church closed. The longer you keep your church closed, the chances are you'll never open. And you know something? Some churches have never opened. Some pastors have never returned to their pulpits. And so we, we took that mantle and we began to lead in 2020. And the pandemic didn't really have um, the, the effect that we thought it was going to have on us. Because it, uh, I remember reading a report in Manteca paper saying that by May of 2020, there would be body bags everywhere. That was in the paper. Well, that never happened um, in 2020. I caught the virus in 2020, and I was sick for about three days, and, and it was done. Um, now, I know some people did get sick. I know in New York, people passed away. Thousands of people passed away. And I know it hit some people very, very bad. But we made it through 2020. The church was trying to, 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 to come back from being shut down. And the fear, one thing I know for sure, Pastor Angel, you know, reading the book of Revelation, and I know how uh, one day one man is going to rule this world. And teaching the book of Revelation, as many times as I have, taking it in Bible college, I mean, I always wondered, how will one man rule the world? Well, I see it now. Fear. The entire world will fear and that man will have the answer to that fear and say, here's the plan. This is what you got to do. And then if if you do that, you'll live in peace. I see that now because we all played into that first layer of paint on the fence. How do you paint a fence? You do a few layers at a time. Well, that's what's happened. We've got the first layer, uh, uh, a real layer of the fence by 2020 being shut down, being controlled by government, having fear, and then having the, getting set up for a man to come and say, I have the answer for you, the Antichrist. One day will happen. And so we made it through those times. And it was, it was okay. I mean, we, we, we started to see a comeback. Now, my church never regained its 2019 composure. My church has not come back to where it was in 2019. In 2020, as we made it through the first part of that year, in July, we began to see people coming back. We began to see the church, you know, filling up again. Um, Pre-pandemic, you know, if you came on a Sunday morning, we had three services. And you can see anywhere from 1,300 to 1,500 sometimes. I mean, we had a good attendance. Um, In July of 2020, the best attendance we had was 600. And then something happened. August took place. 2021, actually. August took place. The worst August of my life. The worst August of our church. The Delta variant was exposed to us. Remember, right? The Delta variant. We didn't know much about it. But it wasn't just the Delta variant, for me anyway, for my family, for my church. There was a wave of difficulty that came upon my, my church, upon my family, 
that I'll never forget. And one of the banner scriptures that I've always read is John 16, that says, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. That banner verse has always gripped me when hard times have come, because hard times come to everybody. Difficult times come to everybody because God told us we would have hard times. He told us we would have tribulation. He told us we would have trial. Okay, I can deal with that. He told me I'd have them, so let's get on with life. Tough times are real. Tough times happen. But then there's tougher times that take place. Harder times that happen. Extraordinary times take place. And I likened it to like when you go to an ocean. And if you're hanging around in the ocean, sometimes you have little waves that come in and they're good waves and you're, 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 you're enjoying the ocean. But then some bigger waves come and they come in sets. Have you ever been knocked down by a big wave? Have you ever been to the ocean? You get knocked down by a big wave. You better get up quick because there's another one coming. There's another one coming after that. And if you don't get up and get your composure, it's going to knock you down again and you're going to go tumbling. And that's kind of how I saw August. It was like a big wave that came upon me, my church, my family, that knocked us down. And right when we're starting to get up again, it knocked us down again. And then again, and then again. And it was an extraordinary time. This is in 2021. And then in August of one day, we were, we were doing some cleanup. Myself and about three or four of the pastors, we just decided to go out there and trim the trees. We've got a lot of trees in our property. And one of my pastors is an uh, uh, ar- 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 arbonist or a tree arborist. He cuts trees. So he had his machinery out there, and he was in the front. A couple of us were in the back. And, you know, I was enjoying myself, right, cutting these branches and getting the big ones, sawing them down. And all of a sudden, I get a phone call. And it's Pastor Josh, and he was in Texas. I said, hey, what's going on, Josh? And he was quiet. And he said, I got to tell you something. I was like, all right. You know, so I shake the dust off and I walk away. His son, 21 years old, Joshua, who I raised as my grandson, he said, Bishop, Josh, he's gone. It's like, well, where is he? He said, no, he's gone. He died this morning. My whole world collapsed at that time. It just did. I loved him. He was 6'6", 350 pounds. But when he came, when he would come, I'd go pick him up and he would armor bearer me, uh, go on to other churches and I'd pick him up in San Jose where he lived there and he would, first thing he would do would kiss me on the cheek and he called me Paca, which is Polynesian for grandpa. I said, hey, Paca, and he kissed me on the cheek. And so when he said he was gone, I didn't, it's like everything just was, I don't know how to explain it. It just was different. And I, there was a, we were in the back parking lot of our church, and there was no one else there, just one other pastor. So I walked over to my car. I opened up the back hatch, and I sat there. And I sat there sobbing on the phone with Josh, wailing on the phone with him. This was in August. And I want to tell you something about those moments that I've learned. 
When you're at that point where it seems like everything's been lost, when you're at that point where it seems like everything that you know of that is normal is taken from you, look for God in the small things because he's there. He's there. It seems like he's not. And we often ask ourselves, well, where is God in all this? But he's there. And I'm on the phone sobbing with him. And I'm looking for God. I'm looking for something. And I'm going to tell you what happened. I'm sitting on my car, sobbing on the phone. And all of a sudden, I'm on the phone. And a little dove comes and flies over and, and just sits in front of me, probably three feet away from me. And as I'm talking and crying with Josh... There's this little dove sitting there. And my first impression, Pastor Angel, was like, what's wrong with this stupid bird? I've got time for this stupid bird here. And I'm looking at this bird, talking on the phone, looking at this bird, talking on the phone, crying. And all of a sudden, I kept hearing the voice of God. And he kept saying, I'm here. I'm here. In form of a dove, a dove is a form of the Holy Spirit. God was there. In your moment where it feels like you're about to lose it, in your moment when it feels like you're about to, your whole world comes tumbling down, and there are going to be those times. Again, it's going to happen. In those moments, look for God in the small things. He may shake the earth for you. He may ride it in the sky for you. Something supernatural may happen, but probably not. It's probably going to happen in still small voice, in small ways. He's never left you. That's his promise. Even in tragic moments, he's never left you. Let me speed up that moment for a little bit. I'll get back to where I was in August, but let me speed up to this year. You know, Josh, he was living by himself in San Jose. His parents were in Texas. He was downtown San Jose at a job, little apartment. And so I go pick him up and I go go preach at San Jose Church and uh but he didn't have a phone one time. I, I, I couldn't reach him. He was reaching me only through instant messenger. And I was like, well, what's going on? And he didn't want to tell me because he never wanted to ask me anything. Nothing. It's, it's all right. It's all right. Nothing. Joshua, what's going on? So my, my phone's gone. I just crushed it. And I don't have a phone. I was like, all right, well, let me go get you one. So I went and bought him an iPhone. And I put him in my account. Gave it to him. And it just made me happy. As he passed away, I still had him in my account. And I get the bill every month, and his number would come up. And I knew that I had to cancel his service. That was in August. So in February, uh, January of this year, I just didn't want to do it. I just didn't want to do it. But I'm at the car dealership. I had time to kill. And I thought, all right, you know what? I'm just going to call Verizon. I'm going to cancel his service. And I got this big lump in my throat, right? I'm struggling in this, in this, in this dealership, and, I'm, and there's nobody there, but I, I call Verizon, and, you know, the customer service lady answers, and she's like, well, what can I do for you? So I need to cancel one of my lines. Now, they don't like you canceling lines, right? So the first thing she asks me is, well, why do you want to cancel a line, Mr. Perea? You've been a good customer of ours, and why, why do you want to cancel a line? And I just said it. It was a line for my grandson, and he's gone. And I just got real quiet again. And this is the little things you look for. This is the little things you, that, that God does. Here's an a, a Verizon customer service lady. And she pauses too. 
And she says, man, I really sense that you're hurting. And I just feel led to tell you, Mr. Priya, to look around you. God has placed life all around you. Don't miss out on the life. Because God has placed life all around you. This is from our Verizon customer service rep. I was like, wow. And then the third thing that took place when Joshi passed, that I kind of see the little things that God was doing to get my attention. That weekend he passed. He passed on Saturday. That Sunday, my Miha didn't know how to tell me. But she said, Dad, I don't know if this is the right time to say it to you or not or tell you. I said, what, Miha? And she said, we're going to have a boy. And we're going to name him Jack, Ryan, Joshua. And it just was, again, God reminded me he's there. Life. That Verizon lady said, look around, there's life all around you. When you're going through a difficult time, when you're going through that big wave time, look around because there's life all around you. Look for the little things that God's going to do because he promises I'll never leave you or forsake you. I'll never walk away from you. So even in your tragedy... Even in your tragic moments, look for God. Now, we want God to intervene and change it all. Like, why didn't he, di- why didn't he just change it? There's often times God doesn't change anything, but he's there. And that's what I'm trying to tell you. He's there. In your moments where it feels like you're going to break, he's there. In your moments of depression, he's there. In your moments of illness, he's there. He has not walked away. Look for the little things. God's going to get your attention and minister to you in the little things around you. In the little things. Now, that was in August. And then after we, we buried Joshi, or after we his funeral, his service, celebration of life service, I gathered up my, my wife, my, Corey and Ryan, and my two granddaughters, Moxie and Stevie. And so let's just go to Disneyland. Happiest place on earth, right? Come on. <laughs> let's just go to Disneyland for a week. And so we did. But what I didn't know, that there was another wave coming. And that wave was called the Delta variant. So I'm at Disneyland with my family. Pastor Carrie is back home. And it seemed like every single day I was getting a text from her. So-and-so's in the hospital. So-and-so just got admitted. Every single day, I'm like, what is going on here? So-and-so may not make it. This person may not make it. And all of us have been affected by knowing somebody who got put on a ventilator or somebody that maybe didn't make it. Maybe someone you know didn't make it recently. And that went from August to September to October Folks, in my church, we lost about seven people. Um, and these strong leaders are my people that have been with me for many, many years. And it affected me. It affected me. It affected my church. By January of 2022, our attendance on Sunday morning had dropped down to about 190 people. We hadn't seen that since the early 90s. And I needed a word from God. I needed something from him because I was starting to look around the corner. You know, you come outside. All right. Is it safe? I'm telling that's how I felt. That's how I felt. All right. It's a new day. Great. It's a new day. I mean, is something going to happen today? Am I going to get a text today? 
I mean, have you ever felt that way? It's like the waves keep coming and they keep coming before you know it. You're more afraid of enjoying the water than you are the wave. And the Lord spoke to me and gave me the word. And he said, don't forget that you are resilient. I didn't feel very resilient. But I looked up the definition to that word, and it means this, able to withstand or recover quickly from difficult conditions. Hmm. Able to spring back, recoil, rebound after being stretched, stressed, or pressed. Now, if you would have told me in 20 or 2018 or 19 and 2021, all this is going to happen by 2022, this is where you're going to be at. And by the way, in October of 2021, I spent time here at Kauia Hospital uh, giving my sister her last rites, not rites, last rites, just last love. It was the last one she talked to, my older sister. Every day we were being told she's going to come home today. She never came home to us. She went home to him. Wave after wave. If you would have told me all these things were going to happen in 2019, I would have said, I'll never survive that. I will never survive that. That's ne- I'll never make it. But somehow every morning I would get up and I would feel God's presence. I would feel God's strength. And I would feel that sense of resiliency because God put that in me. My victory was not on my strength. My victory was on his strength. His strength. Do you remember an early, I think it was New Year's Day, maybe the day after, a big tornado struck Kentucky. Do you remember that? It blew through Kentucky. Devastated towns. And that's one of them. And it caught my attention because they were interviewing some people there that were in that tornado. And one lady they interviewed, and they you know... I was watching this on the news, and they said to her, the reporter said, well, what, what now? What, what do you feel now? She was like, we're going to rebuild. She was cleaning everything up. She was taking stuff out. All this, it's just rubble now. The city was just rubble now. But she was there with others in the neighborhood with trucks loading up trash, and, and, and she says, well, we're going to rebuild. And the Lord spoke to me and said, that's what resilience looks like. That's what it means to be resilient. You get knocked down, but you get up. You get knocked down, but you get up. One wave comes and knocks you down, you get back up. Another wave comes and knocks you down, you get back up, back up. We get stressed, we get pressed, we get stretched. But listen to me, we come back, we recoil, we set up, we get up, and we march forward. That's who we are. We are resilient people. And that's the message he gave me at that time for me. And he said, tell your people and tell the church they are resilient. They're my church. They're my people. And they're going to come back from anything that the world throws at them. Anything. You are resilient. You might not think you are, but you are. You are. Your pastor spoke a word years ago, and I'll never forget. I remember it today. He said, your setbacks are going to be your comebacks. Your setbacks will be your comebacks. Your setback 
is only going to launch you for your your comeback. And I feel that right now. I feel like the devil has knocked us down on the mat, that the devil has put us down on the mat and the referee is counting one, two, three. But you know what? We get back up off the mat. We don't stay down. We get up again because God is all around us with life. God is sending somebody on a telephone. He's sending a dove your way. He's sending life your way. That's who we are. We are people of God. We are resilient. And look for the little things because God's going to send them your way. God will send them your way. We rebuild. We rebuild. We don't quit. This church isn't a quitting church. Look at you. There's churches that are closed still today. There's churches that are empty today. Not here. There's life here. There's life here. There's life here. You are resilient. You are resilient. We don't quit. We don't give up. We don't walk away. We don't quit on our kids. We don't quit on our marriages. We don't quit on our pastors. We don't quit on each other. No, we're resilient. We may get knocked down, but we get up again. We may get confused, but never perplexed. Mm -mm. Do you remember when 9-11 hit? Some of you are probably too young. I'll never forget it. I still remember where I was. I'll never forget the feeling of watching those planes crash into that building, those buildings. And I'll never forget what it looked like to see those buildings tumbling down. Watching people dive out of the, remember that? Jumping out of the, 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 the tall buildings just because they had no place to go. Just jumping out. That was, I'll never forget it. But something took place after that wave. All of a sudden, there was no more Democrats and Republicans in this nation. There were no more Christians and Catholics and atheists in this country. All of a sudden, people were putting up flags in their yards. People were buying flags and putting them on their cars. All of a sudden, America rallied around that attack. Rallied around that attack and said, we are America and we're not going to stand for it. Listen to me. When the enemy attacks us, one of us, he attacks all of us. And we are the body of Christ. We rally not around the flag. We rally around the cross. We rally around the cross because it's at the cross that I got my victory. It's at the cross that Jesus paid my price. It's at the cross that I'm able to get up again when he knocks me down. It's at the cross. When he knocks me down, I get up. Oh, don't get me wrong. I love my flag. I love my flag. I'm, I was born American. My skin's brown, but I'm true blue. Red, white, and blue. Sorry. I don't understand all the other celebrations that people have for their own cultures. God bless them. I'll celebrate meet their food. Absolutely. My celebration? Fourth of July. Let's go. Come on. Hot dogs, hamburgers, right? Corn on the cob. Let's do it. Fireworks. That's my celebration. Come on. We come together after tragedy. We come together when the enemy attacks us. We come together in unity. And I want to encourage you, always look for each other when the enemy's coming against you to help one another. To help one another. You could be that little dove that God's going to use. You could be that lady on the phone that God's going to use. You could be the one that's going to bring the message of life that God's going to use. Did you hear that? How amazing would that be if God used you to encourage somebody when they're at that tipping place? When they're at that tipping point, God will use you. You could be that dove. 
You could be that phone call. You could be that message of life. We rally around the cross. That's who we are. And as I was preparing myself and reading over my notes here, the Lord spoke to me and gave me this word for this house. Proverbs 631. But if he be found out, who? The enemy, the thief, the one who brought trial, the one who knocked us down, the one who caused the ways to happen. If he be found out, he shall repay seven times. And the Lord just began to speak to me. You tell CWC Life Dinuba, you tell CWC Life uh, Cutler, Central Valley, that there's a sevenfold blessing coming their way, that I'm going to pour out my blessings in such a way that they have never seen before. It may have been a season of difficulty that's been on them. It may be a season of waves that's been on them. They may have seen some stuff in the last 90 days, the last two years. They may have seen some trial. They may have seen some error. They may have seen some tribulation. But what they're going to see now is an outpouring of my blessing. What they're going to see now is a harvest that's going to come upon them. What they're going to see now is blessings upon their health, blessings upon their children, blessings upon their marriage, blessings upon their finances, blessings upon their church. That's what they're going to see now. Come on, I prophesy that over this house today. I prophesy over this house today. God said, not me. Not your pastor. Proverbs 631 says, if he be found out, payback time. That day of reckoning is coming. That day of reckoning is coming. Oh, I, my loved ones cannot be replaced. But I'll tell you what, if God wants to pay back and make the enemy pay back, I'll take it. I'm not going to say no. Right? I'm not going to say no. I just got a hunch right now that those waves that are coming aren't going to be the waves of trial and error. They're going to be a wave of blessing. It's going to be a wave of peace. It's going to be a wave of joy. Come on, somebody. Receive that right now. Receive that right now in the name of Jesus. Receive that upon your children. You've wondered when your children are going to come back. There's a wave of blessing that's going to come. It's going to bring peace to your son. It's going to bring peace to your daughter. Just receive that blessing in the name of Jesus. You've wondered when things are going to get easier for you financially. I'm seeing sevenfold blessing coming upon your tithe. Coming upon your offering. I'm seeing that seven times over in the name of Jesus. He's going to bless you coming in. He's going to bless you going out. He's going to bless you when you're at home. He's going to bless you when you're at work. He's going to bless you when you're alone. And he's going to bless you when you're with somebody else. So basically, all the time, you'll be blessed. You'll be blessed. You are going to be blessed. You've had a difficult season. Get ready for your sevenfold season. Maybe you've had a difficult season. Get ready for your sevenfold blessing season. I'm ready. I want it. Oh, I don't believe that's ever going to be a time where we're not going to have to punch and swing. There's never going to be that time. We're always going to have to fight. We're always going to have tribulation. We're always going to have trial and error. But I guarantee this, that the waves are going to be different. The waves that are going to come upon you are going to be different. You're just going to sense the anointing of God. Things are going to be a little different. It's going to have a little bit more peace in it. A little bit of joy is going to come upon your family. A little bit of joy is going to come upon your own physical body. Health will be coming upon you. I prophesy that over you today. In the name of Jesus, your season of sevenfold blessing is upon you. Now finish up with this, James chapter 1, verse 12. 
Blessed is the man that endures. Blessed is the man that endures temptation. Temptation doesn't come in like, ooh, I'm, I'm tempted by, you know, this lust. Or I'm tempted by this. No, tempted to give up. Tempted to walk away. Tempted to throw my hands up. Blessed is a man that endures that temptation. Blessed is the one that endures that temptation. Tempted to be angry. Tempted to blame others and even blame God. Tempted to quit. Blessed are those that don't quit. Come on now. We don't quit. Don't give up. Don't give up. If you haven't heard anything, hear this. Don't give up. Don't quit. Outlast your trial. Outlast your tribulation. Outlast the devil. The devil has no staying power. He's quick out of the gate, but he can't last. He can't last. You have staying power because you are the resilient ones. You have resiliency. Would you stand to your feet this morning? Hallelujah. We praise you, God. We worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We give you all the honor and glory, God. All the praise that belongs to you. Thank you for the resiliency of this house. Thank you for the resiliency of this pastor. Pastor Damaris, Pastor Angel, thank you for their resiliency. The many times it could have been easier to walk away, to quit, but they never did. They stayed the course. Thank you for the resiliency of this house. Proven by what I see this morning. This house is resilient. These people are resilient. You are resilient. With every eye closed, maybe you're going through that season right now. Maybe you're feeling like, man, when are those waves going to stop? When are those waves going to stop? When are those waves going to stop? If that's you this morning, I want to pray for you. And I want to prophesy over you. And I will say to you that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. I want to say to you that your blessing, your season has changed. Your season has changed. I prophetically speak that over you in the name of Jesus. If you need prayer this morning, you feel like that attack, that wave after wave, raise your hand. Just wave your hand at me. Yes, I see that hand. Anybody else? I see those hands. Yes, in the name of Jesus. You're welcome to come to the altars so we can pray for you. Hallelujah. Are you ready for your season of blessing? You're ready for these new waves to come. God knows your heart. He knows why you're walking up here. He knows what you're going through. He knows what you've been through. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.